Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. Hello, hello. Welcome into the show, everybody. Thanks for joining us. This is a very special live broadcast. We are joined by the Beer Fueled Fantasy Podcast. Welcome in, guys. Thank you for having us. You guys on our show is a blast, so I'm happy to get back together this quick because it's a lot of fun when uh, when we get to link up with you two and do something like this. So I'm super excited about this. How long your podcast was? Uh, three and a half hours, guys. We went, it was, yeah, it was great. three and a half hours. Uh, I don't think we ever got that Colts reviewed because we ended up on <laughs> Cam Newton and everything else in the middle of that. It was completely off the rails. It was fantastic and everything that it needed to be, though. If there is an episode that, that like, like mirrored what our podcast wants to be, it's that episode. It's, <laughs> it's off the rails. Like, it's got context. It's got, it's got personality, but we're drunk for about two hours. Over. Yeah. <laughs> so. I'm a lot more sober tonight, which is a good thing. Cause I feel like I went off on so many tangents. I like really used you as like my therapist that night. I think I was having a party on Twitter. <laughs> Just like really you, it all out. We learned a lot about you too. It was, it was great. I was like, wow. Like you know, a little bit of fantasy, a little bit of beer and a lot of a little, little, bit, a little bit of the origins of your relationship. It was a good yeah, show. It was a good show. <laughs> Do you like how classy we are tonight in our red solo Yeah. What are you doing? If you're, if you're drinking with us, be sure to write in the comments what you're drinking. We are drinking uh, Tito's soda, lemon. No, we don't have lemon lime, but it's lime soda water um, with a little splash of Red Bull. And I, nice. I put a couple of berries in mine. Oh yeah. Well, why not? Why? Yeah. So I, a couple of I didn't get ne- nearly that fancy. I'm drinking Old Forester 1920 on the rocks. That seems very fancy. Is that whiskey? Yeah, bourbon. Dan, what are you drinking? I'm drinking Riggs' is Hefeweizen. Riggs is out of Urbana, uh, mm. Illinois. It's one of my favorite like new beers, and I have one left. So I was like, special occasion. Why? Might as well just bring it out. Nice. I look. Look for a Kolsch, but I couldn't find one. I didn't have oh, one. Oh, that would be a good idea. We've never gone We did not go back after I had that Kolsch. Uh, <laughs> if anyone else is drinking tonight with us, let us know what you're drinking, um, and we'll give it a shout-out. So before we get started, and our dog is crying, Dan, <laughs> Dan and Chris, do you want to tell us a little bit about your podcast? I'll put us on mute. Sure. Um, I'll Go ahead, and Dan can fill me in. So, uh, yeah. Beerfield Fantasy Football, we're on YouTube. We live stream everything that we do there. Uh, we also release on Wednesdays everywhere that podcasts can be found. So, uh, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. And it's pretty much just it's conversation-based podcasting. We don't try to get too much in the weeds. We got different guests on just about every week. We just bring them in, have a conversation, usually a six-pack of questions for conversation points. Currently working through the division previews. We recorded with Chris Nelson earlier this week. We recorded with uh, Stompy last night. So uh, be sure to check that out. And at Beerfield FF on Twitter. 
uh, conversations. He gets passionate about who he likes. We, we like, there was one point I thought that maybe like we would get into that three hour mark, but then the Drew Locke conversation ended and I was like, all right, we're only still an hour and like 10 minutes in. So we're good. It got so bad when we got to the Raiders that we just started talking about the Browns because there's and the Chargers about the Raiders. Yeah. We, we talked about the Browns on an AFC West episode more than we talked about the Raiders or the Chargers. Yeah. That's how we feel about the Raiders and Chargers this year. <laughs> That's fantastic. All right. So on today's episode of Double Date, it's kind of a lot like we've been doing every Thursday. We're going to go through ADPs. We're going to discuss two people with similar ADPs in the same position. And we're going to say who we would rather prefer out of those two players for 2020. So it's not for Dynasty. Redraft only. But it can also be for Dynasty. Dynasty freeze out. We're, we're talking... 2020 year though so you don't have to worry about the future it's still as useful for dynasty uh but because you know we all want to win next year too and i'm so sorry about our dog he is extra needy right now he is going he's having a meltdown <laughs> so we're going to start first and then we're, we'll start with dan we'll go in a little circle here we'll start with dan go to chris and then go to kate and i um we'll all give our answers so first one up and you guys have not seen this yet for our listeners so exciting I'm Catch our guard. Leonard Fournette, he's going as a wide receiver, not wide receiver. He's going as <laughs> Off to a great start. Right, so it's Aaron Jones. I'm going to fix that in a second. Aaron Jones going as running back 13 ADP or Leonard Fournette going as a running back 15 ADP. Oh, boy. Who would you rather have in 2020? Both are supposed to regress, right, in different areas. Uh, who do you trust more? Ah, uh, man, this is close. I, I – I'm leading Leonard Fournette. I'm leading the, the positive regression from the touchdown standpoint. Um, he's going to regress in his targets, but like, how far do you expect him to really regress to? Um, this offense should be better. It should be more productive with, you know, with Gardner Mitchell year two, with adding LaVicious Chenault, uh, you know, DJ Chark year two with this offense. And then bringing on Jay Gruden, who's, who's a far better uh, coordinator and play car than what they've had in the future. So, or, in the past. So I'm taking Fournette and then upside. I still like Jones, but maybe I'm just too high on Fournette. Chris. This is, this is where I talk now. All right, cool. Um I, I'm also gonna lean Leonard Fournette. 16 touchdowns is a is a repeat for Aaron Jones. I don't know if that's sustainable. We saw Jamal Williams mix in a little bit last year. You had AJ Dillon to to that mix. So, um, you know, I think what Leonard Fournette did in the rushing game and even in the passing game is a little bit more sustainable, especially if there's a slight uptick in touchdowns than what Aaron Jones did with the 16 touchdown season, especially adding AJ Dillon to that backfield. So uh, I, I'm with Dan here. I've got to go Fournette. Awesome. So I'm going with Fournette with you. So I thought this was actually going to be a harder question because everyone assumes Fournette's going to, you know, drop down in targets so much and they're so worried about that. But even if he dropped down, what, like 40 targets, he'd still be at what Aaron Jones had last year. And you have mm -hmm. to expect his touchdowns to go up. He was a running back seven last year. Like, I don't see why that changes. It's the same offense. He's on the same team. They're still struggling for playmakers on that team. So I'm going Leonard Fournette for sure. Easily Leonard Fournette. I, wow. That's not a good question. No. So wow. Aaron Jones higher I don't understand why Aaron Jones is still going this high. I can't imagine a a, an alternate universe, even where all Aaron Jones finishes as a running back one in 2020, not happening. Like I, I would bet my next paycheck on it. Oh damn! Wow. Would, <laughs> don't nope, do that. No, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> she goes, don't do that. 
uh, I, my wife says I wouldn't do that, but I, I'm, I'm like so confident that he will not be a running back one. Um, I, I could see him finishing in the running back two range, but I don't think he's going to have that consistent upside because I expect my boy AJ Dillon to snipe some goal line work. I, I think he will be used more than probably people expect. Um, get him integrated there. Leonard Fournette, like the sky is the limit. I don't, he was the, what, running back eight last year and he had three touchdowns. Like what, what more do we want? People, so people, we asked a question on Twitter before our last podcast, like who disappointed you last year? Who are you staying away from? And so many people answered Leonard Fournette. Like where, where did you draft Leonard Fournette last year that he was such a disappointment for you? He was the running back seven. Yeah. And the whole argument about about losing targets, like they didn't really they added Chris Thompson, who hasn't been able to stay healthy for the last three years. I mean, they didn't really add anybody to steal targets out of the backfield. So I guess if, you know, your arguments that drafting LaVisca Cheneau is going to take targets from him, I don't know. So, you know, I, I don't even see the target regression being that heavy. Like. <laughs> Like what might go down is the actual just like targets in general, but he may still produce the same amount of targets shared. Like it may not be, he may not just, like he may just not get as many checkdowns. Like like if we expect this offense to be better and to be more vertical again, it, it, it may not. It just he may not get the amount of touch or those amount of targets in general. But you know touchdowns should help you know to even that out. All right, I love it. So we're all on the same page there. I thought that was going to be more interesting than it was, but apparently we'll those interviews should be flipped because we'll get there. <laughs> people are hating on Leonard Fournette this offseason for no reason. Okay, we're moving on to a quarterback battle here. So we have Carson Wentz, quarterback 11, ADP. You know, he doesn't have all the weapons that Tom Brady, Mr. 43-year-old, has changing teams. He's a quarterback 12. Who are you trusting oh my God, later it's on? perfect that he's the quarterback 12. He's, he's, <sighs> he's QB 12. Oh, God, it's fate. I feel like he always is quarterback 12. Like, it's, like, <laughs> he's like Frank Gore of quarterbacks. Like, yeah, exactly. How come he's always in – like, I – Just 21. I know. I'm going with Tom Brady here. Um, it, it – Tampa Bay's defense shouldn't be great again this year. I mean, still a good run defense, but that that division is so good and it has so many offensive production that could happen to it. Where there there could be shootouts that could happen, um, you know, pretty much at any given time. Brady's smart with the football, even though he didn't push the football a lot with the Patriots the last couple of years. He has the better downfield weapons. He has better weapons overall. He has his boy Gronk. He had one of the more athletic tight ends in OJ Howard up the seam. Obviously, Godwin the beast, Evans the beast. Um, I just feel like, you know, 2020 Tom Brady will be 2009 Brett Favre uh, for the Vikings, where he it, it, it just doesn't make sense, but it happens. Um, I don't hate Wentz. I just I just prefer Tom Brady more. It's funny this question is so gross because people were so high on Carson Wentz before last season. Yeah. And last season yeah. he struggled a lot, but his weapons weren't really there. I'm not a Carson Wentz fan in general, but I, I do know Carson Yeah, Wentz I'm the known hater. Carson Wentz hater. But <laughs> he, I mean, I do think we're a little low on him this season, probably. That's, That's fair. Yeah, I, I would say 
Also, it's probably a little low on Wentz just because he does find a way to be in that middle, like, quarterback one range. But the lack of weapons and the lack of an ability, again, to stay healthy and put together a full season, just it really concerns me. And you put, yes, I get it. Tom Brady hasn't been great the last couple of years, but you look at that offense and the potential for upside that's there is a guy you're taking as a fringe quarterback one, and you can rotate out for a guy that might outperform if he doesn't do it. You know, give me the upside that comes with Tom Brady being in a Bucks offense and an offense that we know wants to push the ball downfield. They brought in his safety blanket and Gronkowski. You have two other tight ends that have proven that they can be pass catchers and Cam Brayton, and OJ Howard. Plus, you know, add Keyshawn Vaughn to that offense, Ronald Jones, you get Chris Godwin and, uh, Mike Evans on the outside. There's just a ton of weapons down there and an offense that wants to push the ball. We're going to see if Tom Brady's still got it and if he's still got the arm talent to push that ball downfield. But I'll take the upside that comes along with that offense over the floor that could potentially fall out from under Carson Wentz. All right. You want to go give your answer? Okay. I'm going Tom Brady. I, like, uh, you need to pick better. We're going clean sweep again, aren't we? No, I'm gonna I, I I'm gonna surprise with my pick. Uh no, okay. So <laughs> we're looking at uh, a guy in a Bucks offense that is, like you said, made to push the ball down the field. Um and I'm sorry, Jameis Winston played like hot fire garbage last season and he was able to put together a, a respectable fantasy season. I think that Tom Brady will do the same thing just much more efficiently. Um, he's still Tom Brady. He doesn't need to uh, sling the ball 30 yards down the field. Like he, he can make his money on check down passes. I have no doubt that, that the touchdowns will be there with the, the return of Gronk. Um, the thing about Tom Brady, I think, especially in that offense, he presents a higher ceiling. Like I just don't understand at this point what the, the ceiling is. We projecting. Okay, we're good. You can hear us. You're good now. You're good now. You're good now. Can they hear us? Yes, we got you. All right. Uh, so for some reason, when we get when we talk to you, our internet just doesn't work. <laughs> because remember, on yours, we were frozen the whole. You were. Yeah, we normally don't have any We're just great for a YouTube uh, episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even know what I looked like the whole night, just babbling drunk. So I'm sure it was terrible. Yeah. Uh, it's really a good thing. We were frozen the whole time. But so I'm going to pick Carson once then. I, I was thinking originally Tom Brady, and maybe I'm just picking once to be different here. But Tom Brady is 43. He's going to a brand new system. He's never had to do that in his whole career. Uh, you know, be with the new team, go to a new city. He hasn't had the off season to really get acclimated in a normal off season. That's really risky. And when the wheels fall off an old player, the wheels fall off. Like it could just happen like that. And yes, I love his skill players, but he doesn't have that rushing upside that I like with fantasy quarterbacks. And once might not run a ton, but he's definitely mobile enough. And he consistently gets around 250 rushing yards. Like I'll take that. That's a nice little safe floor right there each week. Where's the ceiling? And then, well, the, the thing is, last you year... Have, we haven't found it. But last year, he he scored over 17 points in 8 of his 16 games and over 15 points in 10 of his 16 games. Like, that's pretty safe. 
I, I think it's fine. His huge ceiling's not there, but he had no one to throw to last year. He really didn't. Uh, and I, I think this year he still really doesn't have anyone to throw to. I love Jalen Rager as a talent, but I think he's the type of wide receiver it's going to take a couple of years to really come fully together and be great. And then he has Goddard and Sanders and Hertz, and then maybe Jeffrey and Djax if they can stay healthy. But I, I think I would lean once here. You want to talk about old men? You want to talk about Tom Brady being an old man and you're referring to John Jackson? Is Darren Sproles back too? Like <laughs> Oh. Yeah, I, w- I was going to make that point with uh, the nursing home of Jeffrey and Djax, but I can't, I can't, I can't hate on it too much because I could see this going that way. Like I said, yeah. you know, Brady, you're playing for upside. Wentz, you haven't seen the upside. Not a lot yeah. of weapons there, but he does tend to be a quarter, you know, quarterback six to eight whenever he plays. So yeah. I get it. And when, when my projections are done, I'm almost certain Brady will be projected for more fantasy points, but I don't think it's going to be that big. And I think there is more risk with Brady because of all the reasons I brought up. Maybe sure. he does have the ceiling, but that risk is really in there. I am yeah. sick of making excuses for Carson Wentz. She hates Carson Wentz more than I do. I am clearly. done. Wow. All right, moving on. This question kind of goes with that last one. We're talking about Tom Brady has all of these weapons. His best two there are Mike Evans and oh. Chris Godwin. They're going back to back in wide receiver eight. This is so easy. It's it's really? yeah. This is Chris Godwin. This I know exactly all, what we're gonna say here. All day, Chris Godwin. He's he's like they're gonna run more twelve personnel this year with you know with the tight end quarter that they have. But that's not that's like they're gonna still you know have eleven personnel run three receiver sets. Godwin will still play a lot from the slot. He's also very very productive on the outside. He fits the billing of a receiver that Tom Brady has loved in the past. And I got to do an element where he's like he's so good at getting open. And he works all over the field. Uh, Godwin just projects to be the better receiver. I like. I'm surprised Mike Evans is going this high still. Like the amount of hate that that he's gotten since Tom Brady got signed there, I figured he'd be well down the list. But I'm I'm so surprised that they're this high. I'm surprised. I, I, I don't agree with you guys that this is an easy easy question. I, you guys seem I don't to know you guys love him like. Well, that's I know you guys love Mike Evans, so that's because we dug around. And I'm Team Chris Godwin. Here. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm Team Chris Godwin here, and it's easy for us because we dug our heels in on this take about a month and a half ago. So we just know where we're going to go with it. We don't have to think that hard about it. I think is where the easy comes from. Sure. Uh, Mike Evans put together some productive fantasy seasons, but for, I, I mean, I'm not going to rehash everything Dan just said because I agree with all of it. We talked, we've talked about it a lot on our show, but it's just that Godwin has a little bit more versatility and I think fits Tom Brady a little bit more to where like, let's say they can't push it downfield as much because Tom Brady is 43. Well, I think Godwin's going to play more into being able to adjust to that than what, you know, what Mike Evans is, who's, you know, deep threat, jump ball, six, five monster, go win it. And is that to say Evans is going to be trash? No, but I probably wouldn't take him as the wide receiver seven and I'm going to lean Godwin over Evans. See, my issue with Mike Evans is the fact that he benefited so much from the fact that Jameis Winston just didn't give a flying. <laughs> he doesn't care. He doesn't care. Screw it. He's out there someplace. He got a bunch of, like, when you saw, not all the time, when you saw, you know, Mike Evans being targeted, you're like, ooh, that, like, it wasn't, it wasn't a nice throw. A lot of times they weren't smart throws. 
like he benefited from the fact that he's a talented wide receiver who can go up and make the play himself. He doesn't need to rely on the quarterback, but like that also, you know, it, it's relying on a guy pushing the ball down the field. Like Tom Brady's a smart enough quarterback. He's not just going to chuck up the ball. He's not going to throw it in a, in a poor situation. He's not going to throw into double and triple coverage like Jameis Winston's willing to do. So I am not with you guys here. Like I, I, I'm not, I really like Chris Godwin. I think he's great. But when you see Mike Evans total career, he's just, He's a monster. I don't know what else we need from him. Every single year he's been in the NFL, he's had over 1,000 yards. 2018, 1,500 yards. Last year he was on pace for over 1,461 and nine touchdowns. And that's with a different quarterback. I get it, but you're talking about he has to be able to throw the ball deep and maybe, and you're saying they're terrible throws. Well, Mike, they were bad throws, right? And then Mike Evans barely got any yards after catch. Well, maybe if the balls are better, he can actually get some yards after catch because they're actually accurate and he doesn't have to dive for them or, you know, the defense can't catch up to him. It's a good also, 22, though. But, Does he even get those targets but, if you So, also, Jameis Winston type of play was throwing it deep, so defenses guarded that. If Tom Brady's throwing it short, 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 they're running it, you know, it's going to open up so much for Mike Evans. He's going to be open way more often. Oh, I, I'll take and then get wrong and all. I just think Godwin's got so the... Fair. So much of Evans, though, depends on on Tom Brady to me. I, I mean, 15.9 average target distance last year is fourth in the league. Who did it, he have to throw to deep? I mean, name a single wide receiver he could trust deep. Who? Oh, who? Are you talking about Are you talking you, about Brady? Yeah. Like, who was he going to throw to deep? I don't know the ball boy because they didn't really have anybody that was healthy or good. I, I mean, he's not Winston where he's just going to allow. I'm not saying he's, but I'm saying he is going to probably be a little more stingy with the targets that he does give up. So he's not going to throw the ball into a bad situation like Jameis. So for me, so for me, it's going to be based on the offensive line. This is a bad offensive line last year. They made tries to improve it this year. Brady is not a guy that's going to extend the play. He's 43 years old. He can't extend the play. So with him, he has one of the quickest releases in football. Like, like it's, it's going to be guys that can win. It's a reason why we like Keyshawn Bond this year is that he should, you know, benefit from that. Gronk should benefit from that. You know, Wide receivers that will operate the short, the intermediate part of the field will benefit the most from that. I still like Mike Evans. I wouldn't be shocked if they try to, you know, get Mike Evans involved more, you know, in that part of the field. It's just we know that that's where Chris Godwin operates. So if the offensive line improves and gives Brady time uh, to push the ball vertically, then yeah, I think Mike Evans could, you know, surprise a lot of people. But that's where I'm at. And Michelle, you make a good point. Who did he have to throw it to? Exactly. And that's the debate on Tom Brady. And it's really the same thing I just leveraged to say why I would take Brady over Wentz. Can he still push the ball downfield or not? If he can, Brady is going to be a better quarterback than Wentz. And Mike Evans has a chance to beat out Chris Godwin and uh, live up to everything he's done. If he can't, I'm wrong about one thing and I'm right about the other. (laughs) Mike Evans, I think, was second in end zone targets last year with 14 or something like that. DK was number one with 18. My boy, got to shout him out when I can. But Mike Evans, 14 end zone targets. Don't you think even, like, so he's the end zone guy. Don't you think 
Those end zones still the end zone guy. It doesn't even matter if Gronk's there. Don't you think that that's end That's what I was going to say. Is he still the end zone guy with Gronk? Because every time they were moving the ball down the field last year, Winston would throw an interception. So you're what going if to just run more? Now, like, Brady likes to take those goal line snaps. They, like, I'm not saying he's going to be the same quarterback that he was at New England, but what if they just hand the ball off a little bit more down there? Like, you add Gronk, you add Monte Otter. What if Keyshawn Vaughn's as good as we all want him to be and he hurts in, in the red zone also? It's not like Ronald Jones or Peyton Barber. Or no. Then shouldn't if you're saying all this, then shouldn't you not be taking Chris Godwin at the wide receiver six? Like he's gonna he's gonna be fine in the end zone, but Mike Evans, who's six. I'm not five. saying I would take him at the wide receiver uh, six. Either. I would just take Godwin over Evans. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's it's the versus thing. The ADPs on both, I think, are a little high. Yeah, <laughs> that's the versus yeah. thing that has exactly. Godwin over Evans. Yeah. Exactly. And this is from Dynasty Pros, and I'm guessing the data is a lot, you know, Dynasty's probably skewing the data right now. I'm sure once we get closer to September, uh, the numbers will look a little different. But I do think Chris Godwin stays there, or he can even go higher because people are so high at the top rating. I do have FF Kelp pulled up, so Godwin. If Godwin, so- if Godwin stays there, I won't, I won't own him. I want Godwin somewhere in the 10th to 14th wide receiver off the board range. I want Evans kind of somewhere in that 16 to 20 ish, which seems low, but you know, you're hunting value when you do this. So guys, I, yeah, you're not going to own either of them. I had this idea. So probably um, not. I'll take Juju or AJ green at the disrespect level. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, AJ green's not a thing. Okay. No, AJ green is not a thing. Anyway, I had this idea. Every time uh, somebody says Tom Brady is 43, you have to drink. Okay. Well, I think we're done. <laughs> So we, it might not show up again, but we, you should have said that. It'll show up again. No worry. We'll There's just say it randomly to make sure that it happens. We're going to, okay. So we're going to pull up this one right here. This is a, a very interesting one, especially us. Like Anytime you mention offensive line, you have to drink. Um, that's easy. Jonathan Taylor running back 21 ADP. His offensive line's so good. Yeah. And versus Cam Akers, who just played against a ter- like a terrible offensive line in college. Um, <laughs> running back great years. bourbon. This is going to go oh, south real quick. This is going to be great. Yeah. Um, so, the, you know, we're just talking about 2020. So who, yeah. which rookie do you think will start off the hottest, the fastest, be the best um, throughout the entire year? Jonathan Taylor. Sorry, I'm I'm completely screwing the order now. I know we were going to try to wait order frog me. That's fine. That's fine. You seem more passionate but, about this. So that's uh, Jonathan Taylor. I mean, first off, Tom Brady is 43. <laughs> I don't know what that has to do with anything, but I told you I'd fit it in. Jonathan Taylor, though, great offensive line. There's two. And I, I mean, really, I, I think the Rams have committed to going running back by committee. I'll take I'll catch up on my drinks after I'm done with the spiel. The Rams <laughs> are really committed to going running back by committee. You've got Daryl Henderson who's explosive at minimum, Malcolm Brown, who has been serviceable. You know, you're gonna see Jonathan Taylor plug in a bit also. And I think that Jonathan Taylor has the ability to be the bigger home run hitter out of the two. So you're asking me who's gonna be better for the year, even out of the gate. I'm just saying Jonathan Taylor, wire to wire. I think the only thing Cam Akers really has going for him, at least to me, is volume. Yep. So they often say you have to follow volume. And there's the biggest argument made for Cam Akers. 
doesn't mean I'm going Cam Akers. Um, <laughs> given where I can get Jonathan Taylor, given how I can build and construct my roster, where I don't have to rely on Jonathan Taylor as my RB2 or RB1, and I can take him as my RB3 with a bunch of upside, I'm taking Jonathan Taylor. Um, a better offensive line against a better, shittier offensive line. I think similar opportunities second half of the season. Um, as I think Marlon Mack will fill more into the satellite black plus role. And then Taylor will take off with the, the check down King and Phillip Rivers. Uh, are you trying to kill us, Dan? Because we just said the O word about 37 times. <laughs> I, I, I think so I said it twice. I think I said it twice, but I do agree with the, uh, with the comment that acres probably starts off a bit hotter. I had no clue that Daryl Henderson was coming back off of surgery. So maybe he gets yeah, it. I just saw that tweet and I did not know. I knew yeah. he got injured the year, but I didn't know that he was still dealing with rehab. And no. I, I've been talking up Daryl Henderson this whole offseason. <laughs> and I started yeah, to sweat a little bit. Yeah, I started to, um, to get older. Your pot committed now. Just keep doing it. That's fine. You're going all in at this point. He says he's ready for when they when, when they start back up. So at least he hasn't missed anything. Like It's not That's like he's got a head start this offseason because they haven't been together. So um, he hasn't really missed anything at all. But like, well, how is his, you know, has he been working out? How is his durability? Like everything like that. That's going to be scary. Kate, who are you taking? Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> it's still like a big question. Let's give her a different one and then I'll answer. The, well, let me answer this question. I'll give you a different one right. instead of going all over the place. So I'm going to take Jonathan Taylor, obviously, because uh, I'm really holding on to this thing where it, it just seems too easy for me when I look back in the last 10 years of data, inefficient in college, the NFL, Jonathan Taylor was super efficient. Doesn't mean he's going to be as efficient in the NFL. That's not how that works. But, you know, Cam Akers was super inefficient, and that is how that works, <laughs> is when they come to the NFL, you know, they don't just magically become more efficient. When you look at the Rams' offensive line, it was garbage last year, uh, so I don't see that being easy for him. And I do think Daryl Henderson's more involved if he's healthy um, than we were. You know, most people are planning on. Now, I do think Marlon Mack and Naheem Hines are very annoying for Jonathan Taylor uh, this 2020 year. I might be staying away from both of these guys in redraft. Um, I don't think Hines is going to matter much at all. I think Mack. I think Mack will take whatever Hines' role was, and then it's going to be JT show like all day. Yeah, I, I think it's either going to be – so I don't think you can play Jonathan Taylor and Marlon Mack and Naheem Hines. I think it's going to be Jonathan Taylor slash Marlon Mack, like one of the two. Yeah. Because yeah. why would you – like they have the same skill set, except Jonathan Taylor is 100 times better. Um, and then, you know, Naheem Hines comes in for third downs or obvious pass. No, Mack also like was a good uh, pass catcher in college. It was a crime yeah. that they didn't use him that way. It's the same way with like Sonny Michelle and Josh Jacobs where you like mm-hmm. – they have a great pass catching skill set that's not being utilized, you know, with the Colts not drafting a, a, a far better pure runner. It, like you can now move Mac into more of and, what I thought his role would be coming out of college. Yeah. And that's where I was going to go with Marlon Mack over, you know, with, I think he cuts into Naeem Hines a little bit there also. I think they use him a little bit more as a satellite back because he did have that pass catching skill set. I think it eats into Naeem Hines, but Jonathan Taylor is just so explosive. He's so good. Marlon that offensive line is going to be great for him, too. Marlon actually, <laughs> and he, with the last two seasons, he's been actually the worst in pass blocking in the NFL for any running okay. back. Fast 
blocking attempts, and that's why he's not used in the passing game because if he has to stay in that's the block, fair. if there's you know a blitz coming, he has to stay in the block. He's he's not good at that, so they can't. That's fair. That's fair. Very uh, so fair. If, if Jonathan Taylor can come in and show that he can be a better pass blocker, we don't know if he can be or not, right? Like it's right. hard to tell from college to the NFL, but hopefully he has a big body. Hopefully he can really you know be good in that he area. Got it. But he should. I think he's, <laughs> Would anyone be surprised if he ended the year with 14 rushing touchdowns? Like, he could be no. a piece goal line. Nope, not at all. No. no, oh, there's a bold take. Jonathan Taylor leads the league in breakaway run rate. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, boy. That my debt. Ooh. Was that just your original hot That is a bold take. I like that. I, I do well, like I just came up with that one about three seconds ago. So, yeah, there you go. Yeah. You heard it here first. <laughs> I don't understand how people are burying carry on, but not Marlon Mack. I think Marlon Mack's pretty buried, but people are, you know, there's Marlon Mack truthers out there. There's Ronald. There's really random truthers all of a sudden. There's Ronald Jones truthers. There's Marlon Mack truthers. And you haven't seen any carry on Johnson truthers. I mean, you can be, you know, a truther, one of these guys and still, you know, understand that. You know that they're buried. I, I I love Marlon Mack. I'm a huge Marlon Mack fan. But we love on Johnson too. It's too, just yeah. the inability to stay on the field through college and into the NFL that has made us t- a little tepid on on Johnson. Like we said when DeAndre Swift was drafted, like, okay, yeah, those are very similar backs with very similar skill sets, and it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out, and it could very well just be about 50-50, but on Johnson's got to stay on the field, and I think that's what goaded Detroit into even drafting DeAndre Swift in the first place because he's super talented. Yep. Yep. And I was going to ask you then, because this is too obvious for her, Jonathan Taylor, running back 21, or Keyshawn Vaughn, who's going a little bit later. Who would you rather have those straight up? Say they're the same price. Who would you rather have? Is that your Just for 2020. Just for 2020. Oh. Oh. Keyshawn Vaughn is so cheap right now. I love Keyshawn Vaughn, but this is tough for me. He's so cheap, though. Like he's making ADP out of the equation. I know that's fair. That's fair. I get it. I get it. Twenty one or twenty twenty. Oh, how many times she says for twenty twenty? She has to take a drink. (laughs) We've been doing this for the last month. I'm reiterating. You're just trying. Um, I'm trying to quick, quick, quick. Think about that, Jonathan Taylor, offensive line. Keyshawn Vaughn. Ooh, if you said Keyshawn Vaughn. You said Keyshawn Vaughn. Are you going to give her your reasons or? No. <laughs> <laughs> that is the correct answer. No. I, re- I respect it. I do respect I re- that a lot. I actually, I, I think he's, again, like you said, he's he's criminally cheap. But even if I have to get them at the same draft price, I just see fewer obstacles in his way in terms of becoming a uh, a featured back within his offense. I don't understand where all of the Ronald Jones truthers came from because they weren't there last season. Where did they come from? Yeah. If you are one of these people, please tell me, where were you last year? We're the Keyshawn Vaughn haters. That's why. Yeah. But that, that's what I'm like. I I don't understand. Like he doesn't blow you out of the water in terms of his film, but he was a well-rounded back. He, he did fine in pass protection when he's asked to do it. Uh, he's a fine pass catcher. He's going to be in a Bruce Arians offense with Mr. Checkdown. What, like, what is the problem here? Vaughn? No, there's no problem. Vaughn was like the third highest class blocking Raider. I think, I think by 
But Graham Barfield, he was his third highest pass blocking back. Like remember, he, we he got, fits perfectly in that offense for them. We got shotgun beer bets riding on Keyshawn Vaughn. Like I'm completely with you. Is it Vaughn versus Moss, right? Yeah. Oh, that's right. I was drunk. I don't remember, but that's fine. <laughs> Yeah, why you you had us I put it on seeds. Twitter and uh, formalize it. I think it. I slept. I think it's I slept. Bond versus Moss. We're about What'd to surprise say? them with what they agreed to. Yeah, right. Have to find <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. We're we're moving on. Don't so, tell me. I bet. I bet my whole paycheck. We're moving on. <laughs> we're moving you on didn't. to the second second year wide receiver. So we have oh, Terry McLaurin broke out last year, but he's not. Offense. We don't know what to expect from that offense. Is Dwayne Haskins going to take that step up? And then you have Devo Samuel, who is very good in his rookie season as well, is the wide receiver one on his team. But they don't they don't throw as often. You know, they're more of a run heavy uh, offense of system. So, which side are you going with? Man, this is tough, man. I may I I, I may give my answer with no actual context because they're they're so close for me. Um. I'm going Terry McLaurin for the upside. I, I do love Debo. I do. Um, and, you know, you bring in Brandon Ayuk, who should start. Um, I don't expect them to take too much falling away. But Debo's not the number one on this offense, with George Kittle. At least Terry McLaurin, while I know that Dwayne Haskins isn't a great quarterback, he improved this. From his first game to his last game, he improved. And that chemistry has been built since college with them because they both played for Ohio State. I, I, I'm going to McLaurin here. Uh, <laughs> right? I know awesome. this is this Chris. is tough. This is tough. This is hard. Um, you know what? I'll play devil's advocate just because I'm so close on the two. I'm going to go with Debo Samuel. Um, <clears throat> while I I see Dan's points, I think that. Um, you know, you've got Ron Rivera and a new coaching staff coming into Washington. You've got consistency there in, in San Francisco. I don't believe in Brandon Ayuk is taking away anything. He's one of those types of picks, almost like KJ Hamler, that I'm like, why did he go that high even after doubling back and watching the tape again? I'm like, I just don't understand it. Debo's just so good after the catch uh, that they don't even have to get it to him downfield in order for him to, to make hay, to make you know, to pick up yardage and uh, to score. So, you know, give me Debo Samuel in an offense that at least figures to be polished. I know there's other weapons there, but yeah, I, I think he stands to see even maybe a little bit more volume. Yes, Kittle's the one, but, you know, who knows what Washington's going to be, especially with, with the change up there and the fact that, you know, there's pieces and they're still super in transition. It can be a dumpster fire. I at least think Debo's got a better floor. Uh, with similar upside. That's fair. I'm really interested uh, in the fact that you feel like he has a, a safer floor. Maybe this is like me intrinsically. I just, I don't, I don't love Debo. Like I watch Debo play. I see his ability to make plays on his own, like regardless of who's throwing him the ball. And I like, it just doesn't, he doesn't like, there are some players that don't give me the oomph, and and he's one of those guys that doesn't give me the oomph. Terry McLaurin gives me the oomph. <laughs> Terry McLaurin does have some oomph behind him, and I will say this about Debo Samuel. Remember, Jimmy Garoppolo is throwing to Debo Samuel, who used to back up Tom Brady, who is now 43. <laughs> Boom. 
So I am well also said. doing Terry McLaurin. Devo Samuel, I think, is going to struggle to increase from what he even did last year just because of his yards after catch was so high. I understand that guys with yards after catch can be good in that area, better than others, but not at nine yards after catch. Like That's going to come down to six yards. So that's a lot of yards he has to make up to even get to where he was last year. His average depth of target is so low that he's going to need 150 targets to be good, like to be great, to get to that ceiling that we want him to get to. Well, when they come out and throw 900 times, I mean. (laughs) He's not... He's not uh, – I don't see that in that offense. They just don't throw enough. I, I don't either. I'm just playing devil's advocate because I'm tired of all of us saying the same thing. <laughs> but with Terry McLaurin, like, he was fantastic last year. He was on pace for over 1,000 yards. He only had four games under 50 yards. And for a rookie, that wasn't considered to be, like, you know, coming out. We weren't like, Terry McLaurin's going to be the best. He went in, what, third round um, last year, right? You dropped in the third round? Yeah, I believe so, I blame yeah. I blame Ohio State. They just they they just kill like analytics on all their receivers because they don't hit right away. Like like I don't think McLaurin posted a breakout like in his career or yeah. in, in, in his college career. Yeah, because the the stats guys freaked out, right? They they didn't think. I mean, I'm up there with it. I'm, I'm like I I will shift my tune in a player when he hits the NFL and produces. It's yeah. not his fault he didn't produce in college. He became the one in a bad receiving core. They didn't get Amari Cooper in the offseason. Did it draft somebody in the offseason this year besides AGG? It's they better not bring Antonio Brown. Not there. I don't want him to go there. That's pointless, A, because that's terrible for Antonio Brown. Like I would rather have Brown's posted like what is there rumors about Brown signing in Washington? Don't make no sense for Brown. Ron Rivera said that he'd be open to bringing him in. Of course he would. I would be open to bringing him to Antonio Brown anywhere. He's the beast. But but anyway, so I was going to bring up the five games, or sorry, the four games that didn't sorry. have yards. One was against San Fran. Like, yeah, their defense is fantastic. Mm-hmm. One was against Buffalo. He had 39 yards, but that's against Tredavious White, one of the best corners in the league. And then Minnesota, he probably should have done better. But, you know, maybe Xavier Rhodes had a good game that we day. We were up by a lot, and I think allowed us to play more, you know, Soft. Super heavy pass rush, yeah. and it's not enough time. Like he made plays in that game. Like he, like, I, like I remember watching that game and him making a tremendous play either against Rhodes or Wayne. Yeah, he was he was fantastic. And I know people might be worried about you know Dwayne Haskins, but we we should drink for this. <laughs> I don't know what you said, but I'm drinking. Yep. We're frozen. <laughs> oh, you're good. One one more point on Deba Samuel Wallace gets hammered home. Uh, No no Emmanuel Sanders again either. either. Emmanuel Sanders in New Orleans. He was taking some target volume away. So just uh, another thing for the target volume there. But Debo got better with Sanders there. I think he was better with with Sanders there. He was better with he was better with Sanders there, but also a rookie. Also, you got to give them time to come yep. along. That's so, fair too. That's smart. I, you know, I, I don't know if it's attributed to Sanders being there to take coverage or if it's attributed to just the fact that that he progressed and that offense progressed. Is so I will say in Denver, though, the year before, Sutton was better with Sanders there 
at the beginning of his rookie season and then got worse when Sanders left at the end of his rookie season. So, yes, I totally agree with you that it could have just been his rookie year where he had to progress for Debo. Sure. But both of those wide receivers did better in fantasy when they had Emmanuel Sanders on the other side helping them with top, taking away coverage. And again, context. I'm trying really hard to play devil's advocate here. I, <laughs> I think you're doing a good job. I, I think you're doing a good job. Yeah, I would take either at that ADP. I can't hate on Terry McLaurin, McLaurin at that ADP. No. I think we should all drink this Scottish steel. Just bring it in positivity in this world. This Cheers. may be the world's most boring conversation. You here, might so. not want it. You Thanks, might not Scott. Cheers, Scott. Uh, night listening to the most boring conversation. I'm sure there's other uh, videos we watch. Nope. There are other to things. Us first. <laughs> we just have an interesting stat from Josh underscore FF. 21 of Debo's 81 targets came in the two games. Kittle miss. I yeah. was not aware of that, actually. Yeah, and uh, two of his 100-yard games were both against Seattle, and the other one was against Arizona. So I'm not doing myself any favors here. <laughs> Just in the <laughs> interest of being honest. All right, all right. <laughs> all right, let's move on. Um, so let's, let's, let me see what I want to talk about here. Should we talk about uh, a group of tight ends or another group of wide receivers? What do you want to do? What do you want to do? Let's go tight ends. I let's want to be tight boring. Ends. One guy. Yeah. Tight That's ends right. are boring. So let's just keep being boring. <laughs> just right, double let's down. Go, let's go with two that often get injured. They're often get injured, and we have some question marks for both offenses. It's going to be you know new on both sides. Evan Ingram, tight end six ADP versus Hunter Henry, tight end seven. This ADP. is your best question yet. Can I just say, like, neither? Is that okay to say neither? Okay. I don't want either of them. Yeah. Um, that's no, no, I know, I know. I'm going to have no an Ingram. Fan tied into yeah. <laughs> I want TJ Hawkinson, please. Um, no, I'm taking Evan Ingram. At least he has the chemistry that's built with the starting quarterback. Uh, Hunter Henry has developed that chemistry, and it was going to be a worse offense than what they had last year. Um, we talked about this last night with Stompy. I'm just not high on any other pass catchers in that Chargers offense outside of Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler. So give me Evan Ingram, who produced with Daniel Jones. Um, I don't want both, but I like if I have to choose, I'm taking Evan Ingram. Okay. I'm also, also going to go Evan Ingram on that one um, just because I have no love for Golden Tate or Darius Slayton or Sterling Shepard in that Ooh, offense. I love Darius Slayton. So, <gasps> uh, yeah, it's easy to love Darius Slayton after what he did last year. I, I just I want to see more. That's uh, Hunter Henry is a Keenan Allen, and I, I think it's going to be hard for – them to feed Keenan Allen with Terod Taylor and also feed Hunter Henry. And even if you bring Herbert in, you know, still just kind of one of those things where it's just a more, I feel like there's more mouths to feed with an offense that doesn't figure to throw a whole lot this year in Los Angeles than versus Evan Ingram, who, you know, say you will about Darius Slayton. I still think Evan Ingram is probably the best receiver on that team. Yeah. Okay. Uh, man, I was hoping Kate was going to answer this first so I would have more time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it is close. I just, I just don't love Hunter Henry this year. I don't love. So I, I'm going to go with Hunter Henry because the last time that we saw Tyrod Taylor, you know, start a full season, it was with the Bills, and it was the last time Charles Clay was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> last time Charles Clay was heard from ever. Yeah. <laughs> he was their leading target receiver. Guys, I traded away. This is my first year of Dynasty, or I don't know. Uh-oh. It was like, I actually think it was my second year of Dynasty. I traded away. I traded away Charles Clay 
Um, and I, I had George Kittle, so I tried oh, no. to get Charles Clay. Oh no! Oh no! Oh, man. Well, to be fair, I might have been one of the only people in the industry that was all over Kittle, is being what Kittle was going to be. Like, I mean, you. He didn't do it in college, so not a lot of people were high on George Kittle. I, I was, pro, I think I was one of the only ones. Yeah, I, it was during his rookie season. Yeah, that was a mistake. Um, and then Charles Clay did nothing. Charles Clay did nothing at all. But I'm going to go with Hunter Henry just because I think Tyrod Taylor isn't a good quarterback and he's going to target his tight end a lot. Uh, if Hunter Henry can stay healthy, he's going to be great. I actually think with Hunter Henry getting hurt so much, it seems like Evan Ingram is the one that just like it even somehow gets more injuries. I would have to look to see how many games they missed. Or At how least many. Hunter Henry's are like more freak things and tears and, you know, Ingram's yeah. are like always hamstring pulls and things. Yeah. And you don't even know about Ingram. It's like randomly throughout the week. It's like, mm, he's a little bruised up. He's not playing this week. And you're like, that's what? why you want to go get Caden Smith. I know. I do love Caden Smith. <laughs> I, I think Hunter Henry has is a big part of this offense. You have Melvin Gordon gone, and I think that takes away a big chunk of those running back targets. Eckler will get his, but I, I do think they're going to use Hunter Henry over the middle a ton with Melvin Gordon out. So I'm going to go with him. By the way, by the way, can I just throw some love at how much we've had to talk about the Gerard Taylor Bills over the last two days, Dan? God, it's just like... I would have never imagined in two days I would spend this much time on Terod Taylor. That was a hot topic of conversation yesterday, too, because we were going over the AFC West. Like, right, we so let's talk about Nick Terod Chubb. And like, too much. Yeah. So then, let's talk about Nick Chubb and this Browns offense. Then. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I want to hear the stoppy. What was Anyways. the was it? Who would you rather have, Charles Clay or George Kittle? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> the, I was getting Yikes. so annoyed with her because I was like the question sitting right there. Like I was all just smack was her. Setting up a joke, Michelle. Okay. <laughs> it wasn't good. <laughs> oh, it's Hunter. Uh, uh, he is the best receiver in New England. Yeah, it's not. It, it's not even close. Yeah, Saquon is the best receiver. I don't. Yeah, there, but there's a lot of good receivers there too, which kind of makes it scary for Evan Ingram. Um, because we have two great slot receivers. Golden Tate, Slayton. You got Shepard. Yeah, Ingram. If he stays healthy, Saquon, like he said, probably is the best receiver. So there's a lot of competition there. Hunter Henry has Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, but there's not even like a third wide receiver that you could even care about. Who is your third receiver? I have. I don't know. It's not Travis Benjamin. It's not anymore. Travis Benjamin anymore. It's, it's not Dylan Cantrell. I don't know. Like no, Dylan Cantrell's, Cantrell's in Arizona. Yeah. Anyways, don't think I forgot about him. I have no idea. All right, let's do one more question. Okay. One more question. Um, I'm trying to figure out which one I want to do. We already talked about Marlon. Uh, I've got one. I'm curious on your guys' opinion for too, if we have time. Yeah, of course. So let's get deeper here. We're we're deeper into our draft. We out, if we have time, we have, we have to figure out our uh, <laughs> we have to figure out our wide receiver three or four that we want on our team. A depth piece, right? Are you going with Christian Kirk, wide receiver thirty nine ADP, or John Brown, wide receiver forty one ADP? So this one is really simple for me. I want Christian Kurt. I want the more high-powered offense. I want I want a bunch of targets. I want the chemistry that's been built with Chris or you know with Kyler Murray. Don't get me wrong. I do like John Brown, but who's going to throw? Who's going to have more plays and probably throw the football more between the Cardinals and the Bills? And that's where it starts for me. Um, I want Christian Kurt. I'm going to go the other way. I want John Brown. Give me the big yard quarterback with the guy that can go deep um, in Josh Allen. 
And you know, the guy that has chemistry with Josh Allen, you bring digs into a new offense, you're missing OTAs, you're missing off season programs. Who knows how that's going to develop. So give me the big arm with the guy that can go deep that produced last year in that offense. I like Christian Kirk, but you bring in Deandre Hopkins. You still have Kenyon Drake. You still have Larry Fitzgerald, a lot of mouths to feed. And I think Christian Kirk might fall down a little bit in that, in that pecking order, especially with Hopkins there who tends to demand targets. So I think I'm going to get more boom out of John Brown than I am Christian Kirk. Absolutely. Like by the end of the year, they might be close in scoring. Uh, but Christian Kirk is going to be that guy where it's just like kind of consistently low. And he's never really going to be great for you. He's never going to win you a week. And he's just going to be kind of like, eh. he's going to be almost like AP lately. Uh, where like, you plug him in, you know, he's going to get you like six points. But how exciting is that? Christian he won Kirk you one week last year. He had a three touchdown game last year. That was it. Yeah, but he's also hurt though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And now you add in DeAndre Hopkins and I just, I don't see it for him. He, what, he had 101 targets last year or something like that. I think that goes down. His, his I hate guys with low average up the targets is like my biggest. Do you think Diggs doesn't it. take enough away? I mean, Diggs had like, Diggs, I think Diggs had the league in downfield production. So yeah, he like, could definitely, Diggs could definitely take that role from John Ron. I don't think it'll happen. I'm just, I'm just saying. So I think Hopkins is better than Dick. So that's my biggest thing. And then you have a great second wide receiver. Hot take. Larry Fitzgerald, I know he's <laughs> old, but he's still going to get his targets. Larry Fitzgerald's he not going he He's still going to get his targets. I just don't know if there's enough to go around. Uh, and Christian Kirk isn't like a touchdown guy, really. His average up the target so low. He's also one of those guys, if you want him to be great for you in fantasy, he has no upside because you're going to need 130-plus targets for him to be good. His average up mm-hmm. target. Stupid love. So I wish I had. So I I just completed my stats or my projections for Arizona today, and I wish I had this in front of me, but I didn't even know the questions today. So um, <laughs> I first uh, projection, but I was very surprised at how low it was. And I'm somebody that's generally low on Christian Kirk as a whole, and even I was surprised at. Nine targets for like 30 yards, Joan. Is that what it turned out for Christian Kirk? I mean, Kyler Murray, year two. I'm just saying that the offense is going to open up with Hopkins. Hopkins is the one with Kurt now operating as a more one-on-one coverage, more downfield. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but yeah. So I, I don't know. Like we, we saw him apparently get nine or more targets last year in nine games, and it still didn't turn into good fantasy production. And you have to expect those targets to go down with Hopkins. And Murray showed last year in that offense that they spread the ball around. So I just don't think Kirk is going to get a ton of targets. That's all. Uh, and then John Brown, he already – like him and Josh Allen already have that connection. And I think it opens him up more. Josh or John Brown always had to go against the cornerback ones last year. Now he gets to go against the cornerback twos and be more open. And I, I love that for him. So I think he can get less targets and be better. Uh, Kurt also saw Kurt also saw majority of the ones last year. <laughs> Our dogs are so annoying. But oh, it's Baker though. I mean, like you can't be a Baker no matter what. He's pretty nice. Baker, Baker. <laughs> or John Brown. Who you taking, buddy? John Brown. He's John Brown. I heard John Brown. I heard John Brown. Dad, come on, Baker. Atta boy. All right. All right. Give us your question, Chris. All right. This was uh, hotly contested last night, so I'm curious what you two think. 
uh, Nick Chubb at the running back eight or Josh Jacobs at the running back nine? <laughs> of course. We did this on our last show, on our last double date. It was actually that exact question. I went with Nick Chubb because um, I think they're very similar and that they're both just not used in the – okay. We're gonna- I hope Stompy's listening to this. Uh, I hope so too, because we went into this with him last year, and that was ex- or last yes, year, last, last night. By last year, I mean last night. I'm drinking. Uh, look, I've drank a lot of. Bourbon. I know, I know. I know. Um, and that was my exact point. Was I thought they were very similar, and he was incensed by that take. <laughs> so they are very similar, and I, I don't think all of a sudden they're just going to start beating Josh Jacobs in the passing game. I don't care what they said. But they they did the opposite of what they're saying this offseason. They drafted Limboda Jr. in the third round and said he's a running back. They said they didn't draft him for to be a wide receiver. They put him as a running back immediately. So I think he's going to steal a lot of those targets that we were expecting from DeAndre Washington leaving. They still have Jalen Richard. They brought in Devontae Booker for whatever reason. I don't even know why. I think Josh Jacobs is going to be a monster on the ground just like he was last year, but Nick Chubb is a monster on the ground. And I think they're going to run the ball so much in Cleveland with Kevin Stefanski that there's going to be plenty to go around with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. So I'm not so much worried about Hunt like I was at first. Once I really looked into the numbers, it just turned into Chubb wasn't getting touchdowns late last season with Hunt, but it's not because Hunt was getting the goal line carries. He wasn't getting any. Chubb just wasn't getting into the end zone. And I, I think regression's coming in that area, and he'll be fine. <laughs> oh baker oh baker oh baker silly uh yeah the, the argument i had to make yesterday wasn't one over the other it was just that they were closer than what was being presented i guess um because you know they were both i mean josh jacobs if he played the full season you're both close to 1400 yard rushers and you know, a lot of not a lot of passing work. Nick Chubb had about 50 targets in the passing game, but that really fell off after Kareem Hunt came back around. So, you know, for me, they are super similar. I do believe that Nick Chubb has the higher upside uh, as far as a between the tackles runner and involvement in the passing game. Uh, that's not a knock on Josh Jacobs. It's just me believing that Nick Chubb is a better talent. Yeah, and you went with Josh Jacobs last week. So you want to give me Um Yeah, I, I was just so – like Josh Jacobs wasn't even a guy I was uh, obsessed with getting on my dynasty rosters, and I'm hoping to capitalize on, um, you know, that, that dip at the end of last season because I am amazed at what he could do with a broken shoulder for, what, seven games, eight games? Like, yeah. dude was on – fire and we didn't even know he had a broken shoulder until he was like yeah this thing's about to fall off like and then he got like 20 carries the next game like this dude is tough as nails he is going to be the focal point of the offense they've drafted how many wide receivers Lynn Bowden Jr. I think they are going to need to rely on Josh Jacobs more this year I think he's going to be the focal point of the offense no question for me I just think Nick Chubb can lead the league in rushing yards and I mean, and rushing touchdowns. Like he, he almost can, did. Like he led the league in rushing yards for most of the season until yeah. Derrick Henry decided to to just like hit the level nine thousand. Right. Yeah, I I just think the Browns turn into this run first you're going, and third and like oh wait. you're going to see a lot of runnings, especially on like I can't wait for them to trade uh, Cream Hunt at some point. You know, you know, early season and watch Nick Chubb just blow up. Wasn't our biggest concern, or maybe it was just mine, with Josh Jacobs coming in to the NFL was we were worried if he could handle a full workload because he never had to do that in college. We were wondering if his body could hold up. 
Well, year one, his shoulders, it couldn't hold up. And it's not to say that he's going to keep getting injured. This could have been a total fluke. But wasn't that our biggest concern with him? It was. It was. And, and he did miss three games in his first year of taking a full workload. But as Kate mentioned, he also played a lot. Or also played through a lot. So, I mean, who knows how much that hampered him? Who knows how much that took him off on passing downs just to give him a breather because he was already hurt? And I think that's the big difference. And, you know, I'm leaning Chubb because of the talent. That doesn't mean I don't see a realm of possible outcomes comes where Jacob is Jacobs is better. And yeah. it really yeah. depends a lot on Kareem Hunt. But I, I'm if I'm betting, it's on Chubb. Yeah, and same. And I, they're close together. Like I, I wouldn't be surprised either. Either. Oh my God. Oh Baker. Oh Baker. <laughs> Silly pup. Just runs by. <laughs> that was perfect. Apparently, we needed to walk in before the podcast and not after. Um, Jesus. <laughs> Is he running uh, uh, well, that's it for us today. Thank you guys so much for coming on with us. Yeah, really like your show. Thank you for having us. It was a ton of fun again, and I am way too buzzed again because <laughs> Tom Brady's forty-three offensive line. <laughs> I still have two more hours to go. Like, I don't know why we're editing so early. One more, and then tell us where we can find your work again in case anyone new is on. So if you'd like more super boring conversations at Beerfield FF, we have them every week. Audio <laughs> drops on Wednesday, but Beerfield Fantasy Football on YouTube. Like, subscribe, show up, interact with us, hang out. That's the most fun for us. You know, we like it when people download the podcast, but YouTube is definitely the most fun. Uh, and we record, try to get it on Tuesdays or Wednesdays, but usually whenever the guest is available. So that's where you can find us. I am at hot BFF with two P's. If you're watching on Periscope or wherever else this is in the bottom left of my screen. Wait, hold on. Right there. There. There we go. Um, Dan. I'm at 30 BFF, not on the screen. I like to show off my full name. Um, I oftentimes just retweet. A bunch of stuff and sound smart sometimes. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks again, guys. We appreciate it. Bye. We appreciate y'all. you guys having us on. See ya. Hey, thank you guys. See ya. <laughs> <laughs>